So why don't you put your hands together? Why don't you stand up and honor Prophet Andre as he comes up? Here you go. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. We have to get moving. We have a lot of groundwork to cover, and so we're going to move. And uh, uh, if you want the introduction, listen to last night's recording, and then you have the introduction. We're going to do two sessions. These sessions will be connected. And so the first session, I'm going to prepare you for the activation in the second session. So don't miss the second one. It's important. That's where we're going to release in that. So the first one, I'm setting the foundation and the basics for you to be launched. So I'm creating the launch pad in the, se in the first session. And the second session, you'll be launched and released. And so we'll get into that. A lot of what we're going to do in these both sessions is not taught but caught. And uh, so it's not, I can't, you, we can't train prophets. It's something in the spirit. God, it's something that you have. God needs to activate that. And so I, can, I can't force you to do something. It's not something we can put on you and force you to do. And so as I'm speaking about this, you have to catch what I'm saying. You have to receive what I'm saying. Now, I want to deal with one thing before we start. And this is, this is the secrets of the prophetic. The secrets of the prophetic. And so I want to address this right now. There is no secrets to the prophetic. There's no secrets. There's no secrets. People come and they say, come and join us for our conference. We're going to speak about the secrets of the prophetic. There's no secrets. It's... And then same thing with healing. There's nothing like that. And, and so we go back to the word. We, we take what people say, but we go back to the word. And so I want you to read with me in Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. It says, the mystery which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to his holy people, the saints. And so <laughs> there was secrets, but now it's revealed. There were secrets to healing, but now it's revealed. There were secrets to the fivefold, now it's revealed. And so there's no secrets to the prophetic. So when someone comes and they say to you that I have secrets, that's not the truth. That is the wrong spirit. There's no secrets. It's available to everyone. What I'm speaking about today is not for a selected group of people. It's available to everyone. Everyone. It's not, doesn't matter your background or where you come from or your culture or where you grew up. I've seen people being activated, and within two days, they function in the prophetic. I mean, they can get saved on, on Friday, and Saturday, they can start to prophesy. It's, uh, there's got nothing to do with, with, with time and how long they're serving God or how well they know the scripture. That's not it. Yes, the word gives you a good foundation, and we grow in the word, but there's no secrets. And so you need to understand it, because if I say it's secrets, then I exclude a lot of people. Number one. Number two, when I say secrets, I act like I have something that you don't have. And, it, and it's, it's not true. God died, he sent his son Jesus to die for everyone. Not a certain group of people. Everyone, it, it, was, it was, there was secrets, but now it's revealed. The word says, it says, when anyone turns to Jesus, the veil is removed. Now you need to understand this. It doesn't say that when, when the veil is removed, then you turn to Jesus. He says, when anyone turns to Jesus, the veil is removed. 
And so that is the foundation. And I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this. You need to know this for yourself. What is the foundation of a Christian's life? What is our foundation? Who wants to try to answer this very difficult question? What is the foundation of our lives? The Word of God. What is the foundation? Not the right word. What is the foundation of a Christian? Faith. Faith. It's faith. That is our foundation. So we can't function in the prophetic or in healing without faith. We live in faith. That is our foundation, faith. Now what is faith? Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that I do not see. <laughs> and so your foundation is something that you don't see, but you believe in it. And so I prophesy, I mean, people say, uh, when you prophesy, uh, how do you see it? By faith? I don't see it, I mean, in the natural, I see it by faith. That's our foundation. Now, let me ask you, this, this question is going to determine everything. This next question. You have to think about this. I mean, the decision that you're going to make right now is going to propel you into the next 15 years. It's going to accelerate you or it's going to delay you. Think about this question. Don't just answer it. Think about it. How many of you in this room right now believe that your life is pleasing to God? How many of you believe that you're pleasing God? Let's put up your hand if you believe it. If you believe that you, your life is pleasing to the Lord. Let me help you. How many of you believe in Jesus? Okay, we have a lot more people now. Okay, you believe in Jesus. Those of you that have just put up your hand, your hand, how many of those have seen Jesus and have sat with Jesus and have met with Jesus face to face of those people that have just put up their hands? Two people, okay. And so most of you... When I said, do you believe in Jesus, you raised your hand and you said that you believe in a Jesus that you've never seen, never sat down. And so Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that faith pleases God. And so if you raised your hand and you said you believe in Jesus that you've not seen, it means that your life is pleasing to the Lord. Very important. <laughs> you see, when I asked the question... How many of you believe that your life is pleasing to the Lord? Many of you thought about the sins that you've committed. That's what you thought about. You said, I want to put up my hand, Andre, but my wife is sitting next to me. <laughs> my husband is here. We just had an argument on the way here. So I, 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 don't, I don't have the boldness to do it. That's what we think. We think that pleasing to the Lord is the way we live or the works that we do. But faith pleases him. Faith pleases him. God does not respond to our emotions, but to our faith. He doesn't respond to our pleads. Lord, please help. God, come on, I don't have money. He doesn't respond to that. I mean, you can try to reason with him and show him the numbers. He doesn't respond to that. He responds to faith. And so you can look at the numbers and you can see it doesn't make sense. But then you can respond in faith and say, but God, this is what the natural says. Yes, this is the facts in the natural, but 
you are above these things. And so we don't deny the natural. We look at the natural. We see that it's impossible. We see it. We don't try to avoid it and to forget about it or to look over it. We say, yes, it's impossible. But that's what, what makes it such a great miracle. Because you can do it. You can do it. So our foundation is faith. The righteous will live by faith. For a very long time, you're going to live by faith. It's not going to end. This is, this, this is the story of your life. Is you're going to live by faith. So get used to it now. You're never going to get to a place where you don't have to believe anymore. Never. You're going to trust for a thousand, then believe for ten thousand, then believe for a hundred thousand, then believe for a million. Then you're always going to have to have faith. Always. Business grows, ministry grows. Faith will always be part. There will never be a time, never be a time, where you don't have to believe anymore. Never. And so get used to this: that faith is part of who you are. And so when we function the giftings. We function in it through faith. And so when it comes to activation, I can activate you, but you're still going to have to respond in faith. You can take that step of faith. Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper. Faith does not ask for confirmations. That doesn't, I mean, it's the opposite of faith. Faith, I mean, confirmations is saying, faith is walking on the water. Confirmation is saying, proof that the water is stable. <laughs> That's the opposite. It sounds good, but it's not, it's, it's, it's misdirecting us, misleading us. It's not what us. So faith is not asking for possible things. Faith is demanding the impossible. So when we talk about faith, we're not saying God can come and do what, we, what is possible. We're saying come and do what is impossible. And so when we function in the giftings, we function in faith. And so we're not asking for things that we think can be done. When we look at a miracle, it's not possible, but faith is demanding the impossible. Come and do the impossible. Okay. So stop asking for confirmations. It's okay in the beginning, but get over that. Move on. Get, just move on. Okay. I'm going to give you very simple, very easy, practical steps this morning. Very easy, very simple. It's very easy. Everyone can do it when we step into that. Amen. Okay. So, we'll get into that now. We're going to speak about the opera, the, how it functions and how it works. Okay. So, as we prophesy... It is released. Amen. It's released. And so that's why I just minister a little bit. It releases it in a room. It releases it. Prepares your spirit to be able to receive. Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's get into the word. <laughs> okay. I want you to write down these three words. These three words are number one, operation. Number two, interpretation. And number three, application. Operation, interpretation, and application. Operation is how does God speak to us? How does He speak to you? And so we've spent a lot of time on the operation. We've written books about operation. How does God speak? 
And then the second level is the interpretation. And we've spent a lot of time on interpretation. How do we interpret dreams? How do we interpret visions? How do we interpret the word? But we have not gotten to the application part. And the truth is that until you apply it, nothing is going to change. And so we want to get to the application part. Not just how do I receive the word or how do I interpret it, but how do I apply it? Because we, we receive the word not just to, to figure out and to camp on the, the operation and the interpretation, but it needs to be released. It needs to move forward. And so when we talk about operation, is how, operation is how does God speak to me? How does it operate? How does his voice operate? How does the prophetic operate? And so again, this is not secrets. It's known to us. It's available to us. How does God speak? And so God speaks to us today through dreams, visions, the word, pastors, sermons, sinners. God speaks to us through music, through worship, through the radio. <laughs> if you have enough faith, God can speak to you through the seat that you're sitting on. It's not limited. He speaks to us. It's available to us. It's available to you. And so that is the operation God speaks to us. Now, every person, every person is born with the voice of God. You don't, you don't um, get born and then God gives you seven years on earth to figure out how to find his voice. It's not that it. You are born with it. God made you for communion. That's why, that's why he created you. Animals cannot communicate to God. You cannot speak to him. He made us. We can communicate to him directly. And so he made us for that. It's not something we get if we are good enough. <laughs> we made to hear his voice. We made for communion. And so the enemy is trying to distort communication between us and God. He's trying to break the connection, to break the communication line between us and God. And that is what Jesus came to restore. He came to restore the fact that we can have a relationship with God, we can hear Him, we can know Him, that is what. And so in the New Testament right now, there's no mediators anymore. There's no sacrifices, there's no priests anymore, there's no, uh, there's no uh, mediators, there's no Moses that is going up to the mountain to speak to God on our behalf. In the New Testament right now, we can, we can speak to Him directly. It says in Hebrews... He says, says, come into the throne room of God with boldness. With boldness. You have access now to speak to God. And so he restored that communication. We can communicate. So every person has a flow. Now, we have to locate and find that flow. And so I don't want to teach you how to hear the voice of God the way I hear it. I don't want to teach you how to, how to function the prophetic the way I function in it. I want to find your flow. And this is the next step. Disciple comes and says, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have. And so he sees a sick person. And at that moment when he sees a sick person, he doesn't, he says, it doesn't say to the sick person, give me 10 minutes, I'll be back now. And then he goes around the corner, he prays in tongues, and he says, God, come on, please, I need to heal him. Come on, give me power now. Give me healing. No. He stands in that situation, he knows what he has. This, this is the difference between authority. Yeah. Many of you, uh, many of you, 
can hear the voice of God, but you haven't accepted it. You're still doubting it. You haven't accepted it. You haven't, you haven't stepped into that level of faith where you say, I can hear the voice of God. I know God. And it's a place to step in. Now, God called me six years ago. He said, Andre, I'm calling you to be a prophet. I said, God, I don't, I, I just call me to be Andre. That's fine. And he says, no, I'm calling you to be that. He says, will you be that? And I had to decide. I had to, I had to accept what he's calling me into. And so I don't care about titles. It's not that important to me. Titles are like a bar of soap. The more you use it, the smaller it gets. So it doesn't mean a lot to me. But God said, Andre, what if, what if that is what I want to call you? Will you then be that? And so I had to get to a place of surrender where I would say, God, I'll be what you want me to be. If that is what you want to call me. And this is where something changed. The day when I accepted it, the authority level just went to. And so we can train you, we can equip you, we can give you all the scriptures, we can share the testimonies, but if you don't accept it, you won't move in it. And so when it comes to the giftings, you have to accept it. You can't use the word, I think, may, I, maybe I hear God. Um, you can't speak that way anymore. No doubt. You speak by faith. I hear the voice of God. I know Him. That's how you speak. You start to function in faith in that. There's no more doubt. Now, and so the same thing when you start to deliver a word, you don't bring doubt into that word. You don't say to a person that, I had a dream last night about you and maybe it's for you and it might help you, but I'm not really sure, but maybe you need to hear this. I mean, there's so much doubt in that. Just share with him. Just share. And then when you leave, don't bring doubt again and say, does it mean something to you? And then test yourself in it. Why do you want to, again, doubt? And so you tell them what you saw, but then you want to get their confirmation whether you were right or not. Doubt. And so just share. With, just tell them what you received. Share it with them. Walk away. That's it. So get away from doubt, away from all those little words that makes us feel. Don't use that. We, we walk on water. When you walk on water, you walk by faith. There's no place for doubt in that. No place. I, when I prophesy to people, um, and this is not because of arrogance, but when I prophesy to people, I know I'm right. I don't have to ask them. I know it. And if the word doesn't make sense to them now, it will in the future. So I don't have to, I mean, get, I don't have to test myself the whole time. My motive is pure. My heart is pure. I'm there to build the kingdom. And so that's it. Motive is pure. Now, when you have a pure heart, when your motive is pure, you need to understand this. If your motive is pure, even if you make a mistake, it still works out for the good. Because God looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. He will use your words and he will adjust them and he will bring it, he will make it straight. He will fix it in the long run. So we have the application. How does God speak to us? And so he's speaking to you in some way. And so I want you to, to quickly identify the way that God is speaking to you. Does God speak to you through worship? Does he speak to you through the word? And so 
when, if I have to ask you right now, when was the last time that you heard God speak in your life? If you have to take me back to an a, a encounter that you had, even if it's just one encounter, what, what was that place? How did it happen? I was standing in worship, and then something happened. The pastor was preaching, and then the word just went open to me. Where was that place? And when you identify that place, you can see where God's speaking to you. And so if it wasn't worship, then God speaks to you through worship. It means music is important to you. Music, that place. And so that becomes a stream. And when you want to hear God, you go stand in that stream. You position yourself in that stream because that voice is already there. You don't try to seek for it everywhere else. You stand in that place. And so you find the way. Does He speak to you through the Word? Every time when you open up the Word, then, then you hear His voice. Communicate. So then it means the Word is important to you. You need to spend time in the Word. Does He speak to you in the outdoors? Some people, if they are outdoor, if they are, I mean, in, in, the, um, in a garden or in a field, then when they're outdoors, then they're just sensitive to God. They just hear Him. And so it is a flow. It's not trees that's talking to you. It's, it's a flow. There's a, there's a place there. There's a flow. And it's because of the silence that's there. It's, it's things involved. So it means that you need to set time out to spend time there, to get out. To me personally, silence is very important. Silence. God speaks to me in the silence. And so I need silence. And so unfortunately, my prayer room, when we got children, it became the baby room. And so I don't have that place anymore. So it was a great place. I had candles and, and mirror and, uh, and now it smells of, I mean, nappies, and so I don't have that place anymore. But it doesn't mean because I don't have that place I can hear God's voice. And so I find that place. So silence is important. I need, just, I just need, just give me two minutes of silence and I'm ready. I just need silence. And, and because of all the noise and things that's happening in my life, I have to create that place. I have to go to that place. I need just that quiet place, just for a couple of minutes. I don't need 10 hours couple of minutes. So I've learned personally in my, life, in my life, silence is important. I need that. I hear God very, very fast in the silence, in, in a quiet place. And so no music, no worship music, no communion, no Bible. It's silence. In that place, God speaks to me. And then from that, it flows into all the other things. It flows into communion, flows into worship, flows into the Word. But I need that place. So I found that. And so identify what is God's voice in your life, number one. Number two, position yourself there regularly. And so in the Spirit, I see it is a river that flows. It's, it's right outside your home. It's right inside your living room. There's a river that's flowing. And so position yourself in that river. Go get into that river. Get into worship. Get into the Word. Get, put yourself there. Don't say, well, it'll find me. No, no. You get up and you go get into it. You step into that place. You found it. And so you step into it. When he speaks about faith, this is very important. He says the following thing. He starts off, he says, he says, uh, he says ask and you'll receive. So pray. He says, pray, pray, and you'll receive. But that is the first level of faith. It's prayer. And then he goes to the second level, a deeper level. He says, seek. So there's a place in our lives where we pray. God intervene. God help. God, God help, help, help. We pray. We pray. We sit and pray. 
It's the first level. And then he speaks of a deeper place where we get up and we seek. We're looking for it now. I've prayed, but now I'm going to go get it. So I look for it. I'm seeking. It's the second level. And then he, pray, he speaks about the deepest level. He says, knock. So the person that knocks is not praying anymore or seeking. He found. And so now he has the door. He has the place. And now he's knocking. And now here's where they miss it. They stand in front of the door. They, they knock. But then they go seek again. Don't be seekers. You found it. You found the door. You found the place. You know where God is. And now be consistent with that. You found the door. Don't leave the door. You found it. You've looked your entire life for it. Don't leave it now. You found that place. And so now people come and they say, have you heard about this book? I've heard it, but you read it. I'm not reading it. <laughs> have you heard about this sermon? No, and I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, Christians, they, I have a lot of Christian friends, and I, they give me so many books. I don't want to read it. I've found a place. I don't want to be moved or influenced by someone else's opinion or testimony. I mean, I, I, I was seeking, and I listened to those testimonies. I listened to those books. I listened to their secrets. But now I've found. I'm not going to leave this place. I've found the place. And so you need to understand today that not all Christian literature is from God. Do you understand it? A lot of people are writing things to persuade you. Let me go a little bit deeper. Not all Bible translations is from God. It's the truth. They've changed many translations, many different words, many different things that means the opposite thing. Not everything. But we have the Spirit, and so we're led by the Spirit. The Spirit will reveal to us. And so you found a place. Why do you want to leave now? So now these people, this group of people, family, they come into your life and they're seeking. Don't follow them. Pray for them, bless them. If they're seeking, go for it. But you're not part of that group. You found a place. You've been there. I mean, you've studied the word. You've listened to hundreds of sermons. You've, you've been on YouTube. But now you've found it. Faith comes by hearing. You're not going to listen to nonsense anymore. You're not going to be listen to, I mean, different words. You've found the place. And now you're going to be committed and faithful to that, to the place that you've found. You're going to keep on knocking. And then the promise comes. He says, if anyone knocks, he says, I will open the door. And they will, have, they will sit with me. He speaks about feasting. He says, they will sit with me and they will have a meal with me. They will fellowship with me. We're in, in that place. Sit. We found that place. Okay? So, operation. This is how God's speaking to me. I know that place. I found that place. And so, you saying God's speaking through, through visions to you? Bless you. But maybe that's not my flow. Bless you. Great. No, 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 no. God's speaking through the worship. You must listen and worship. If that is your flow, enjoy it. But don't try to force other people into that flow. So this is what you need to understand. Don't leave your flow for, the, for another man's flow. Because what works for them is not going to work for you. 
You'll do the same thing, apply the same principles, nothing. I've read these books, five steps to that. I've done to the letter what they said and nothing happened. It's their, it's their method. And I'm not discrediting them. It worked for them. But I have to, I have to find my way. And on my journey, I've got, I've got my testimony now. And so God wants every person in this room to have a testimony. Your testimony of your journey. This is operation. It's how God speaks to us. So he speaks to you through dream, vision. So quickly, tell me, uh, what is, how does God speak to you? Yes, loud. How does he speak to you? Through what? Dreams. Yes. You're in front, sir, with the, with the maroon shirt. How does God speak to you? You know, you know. How does he speak to you? Through what? A feeling. Through... Okay. That's it. So it's, so it's a feeling. It's something that you, you sense. You're very, you know that you, um, you have a, what's your name, sir? Jason. Jason. You have a very, very strong spirit of discernment. Discernment. You discern things. You pick things. You read people very fast. Very fast. When you look at a person, you can immediately, you immediately see who they are in that. And so, but it's something you have to accept. This is not a talent. This is spiritual. It's a gifting that God has given you. You look at things. Immediately you, you can see it. Amazing thing with you. And, and so it's not just, you know, the, the gifts are not just for church, not just for ministry. It's for our lives. And so even in your personal life, I see you looking at, 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 at um, contracts, at books, at numbers. And when you look at it, immediately you sense the truth. You pick up. I mean, this is not right. Immediately. Now, that is a gift. That's not your ability. That's not, no one has that. That's a gift that God has given you. He's given you that capacity to pick up. You, you, no one can train you. You can't get a certificate or a qualification in that. That's from heaven. God gave it to you. He gave you that, that ability. And so discernment is very important to you. Discernment. Now, you see, we function in the voice of God for so long that, that, let me make this statement. Most of us miss God, not because God is too far, but because he's too close. That's why we miss him. Is, is we got so used to God that he speaks to us that we think that this cannot be God. When I have encounters with angels, this is what I sense in the spirit. So I have many encounters, angelic encounters. My experience with, with angels is when they, I had an encounter a, a while ago um, where they uh, came into my room. They just, I, was, I woke up and they were all just standing around my bed looking at me. And so when I had this encounter and I looked at these angels, what I experienced was I knew them for a very long time. Yeah. It's like they've been with me always. So good. You understand it? And so it wasn't a foreign spirit or a foreign, a strange experience. It wasn't, we didn't need an introduction. I knew them. I saw them for the first time. But it, I, 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 somewhere we met. Somewhere we had interaction. And so it felt like friends to me. It felt like I knew them. And so they've been part of this journey. So the same thing with the giftings. You, you've, you've become so custom so custom in functioning in gift of discernment that, that, that you don't even know that you're functioning in it. Wow. Does it make sense to you? Yeah, when, when I was sitting here before, I was like, 
Yeah? What God said to me about you yes. that you're genuine. That I'm genuine. Okay. So how does that work? I mean, so it's spirit of discernment. So you look at someone and immediately you can discern it. You pick it up. Not and just the look, the tone of voice. Yeah. So how do you, if I have to dilute this now, and so this is how you hear God's voice. If I have to find that place inside you now, so we say God's speaking to us, and then people say, but where does it? So where did that come from? Did that come from your mind, your heart, your foot? Where did that come from, that experience that you had? Well, you, you spoke truth. Okay, and, but where did you perceive it? Where did you feel it? Did it come when you heard it? Did you? No, it validated uh, truth that I already knew, okay. and you spoke the so, same truth. So what, came, what, what brought the agreement to that inside you? So I'm trying to locate the place. People say that God speaks to us through our mind. Others say they feel it. Others say it's in my heart. He placed it in my heart. Others say, and so if I want to, I'm trying to make this practical, and I want people to find that place. And so now you say, and you, you're completely correct, but I want to find the source. I want to find where it came from. And so we have a stream, but I want to see where the stream comes from. So where did you perceive this from? Where did you get this from? Well, for me, I think it's always been there. It's always been there, yeah. definitely. And, and so it's like almost a, a memory. Okay. And, and uh, okay. because you, you spoke about solitude or being with God in nature, and I've always had that. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, uh, like you say, it's everywhere. Yes. So you don't notice it. Okay, so and if you, you say you yeah. perceive it, how do you perceive it? Is it, is it in, your, in your brain? Or is it in your heart? Or is it in your spirit? Or is it in... It, it can be... Uh, For it's experiential. Experiential. Okay. And it, it can be, yes, it can be in the brain. So sometimes. can I say a feeling? Or what? It's an it's a image and, and in the brain, but it, you can also feel it. Okay. You can feel the spirit. Okay. And so this is how he hears God. That's his flow. Yeah. And so that is the voice or the place that you have. That's your important place to be. Is if you have to make important decisions, you need to go to that place. Wow. You have to listen to that voice, so that place. Yeah. It's a yeah. commitment. Okay. So it's it, 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 when you, you know you'll get uh, uh, I don't know how to say it, like a message or something, but it, but you know instantly you're committed yes, to that. So that's what yeah. I'm trying to explain to you that it's it's difficult to communicate it to explain to people that that this is where it is. Yeah. So it's just I know it, I just perceive it, I sense it, but we have to accept it. We have to accept it, that this is what I have. Okay, so we have, the, we have the operation. This is how God speaks to us. So you have the flow of God's voice, the place. Okay, so we have his, that is the way that he is. He has dreams here. Then the lady there at the back, right there. Yes. How does God speak to you? Dreams. Okay, so these are different ways that God speaks to them. Operation. And so thank God for operation, but we haven't done anything yet. That's how God's speaking. Nothing has changed. Nothing has happened. And so now we have the second part, the interpretation. Interpretation. Well, the thing that is very important with interpretation is that interpretation. When it comes to spirit of discernment, what he has, spirit of discernment, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
when we have spirit of discernment, there is demons, but there's angels as well. You're discerning things in the spirit. Now, if you don't believe in the spirit, if you, if you can believe in Bluetooth and Wi-Fi, you can believe in the spirit. Okay. <laughs> there's a spiritual world. It's there. And so there's negative and positive things there. Not just negative and positive. Now, very important. When I use this as an example, I went to a shopping center in South Africa, and uh, I walked into the shopping center, and when I walked in, I, I sensed that an explosion is about to take, to take place. I sensed it. I discerned it. And so I ran out, got into the car, and I was busy driving out, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, Andre, what are you doing? I said, God, thank you for the tip. I am leaving. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, I, know, I know it's going to happen, so I'm going to get out of here. And this, then God taught me. He said, no, no, let me, wait, wait. He says, let me teach you. When you discern, you have authority. And so, very important, you don't discern to receive authority. When you discern, you have authority. And so I said, okay, God. So he says, now, what are you going to do about it? I want you to go back, park your car, get out of the car, go back into that place. You have authority. And so now, so God's asking me, he says, how are you going to handle it now? And so there's two ways. One way is I can go to the grocery store. I can get some bread and some grape juice. And we can get a couple of people together there. And we can, in a mall, we can start and pray together. We can do three worship songs and two faster ones and we uh, and uh, and then we can number one it works nothing wrong with it it works or I can just in the name of Jesus command anything that's not from God to leave so I just walked back into the mall stood there in a corner didn't tell anyone I just said in the name of Jesus I commanded to leave right now and that entire spirit lifted from the shopping center. Just lifted. And so you have to understand that when you discern, you have a responsibility towards it. Interpretation. So when God speaks to you, when you perceive it, when you hear it, you didn't just hear it so you can know it. You've heard it because God is keeping you accountable to do something about this now. So he showed it to you. And so respond to what he's saying. You have authority over that. Now, when we speak about discernment and we speak about dreams and visions, you never give a person the dream or vision. You give them the interpretation. The dream is not for them. The interpretation is not for them. Uh, the, the picture. And so I have a lot of people today that will phone me that will say, Andre, I saw a red car. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> So the person that gets the dream or the vision, they need to interpret it. We have many dream books today that people write about dreams. Now, if you are a dreamer, then it's very important for you to write your own dream book. And this is the reason. reason is our interpretation is different, and God knows what our interpretation is. And so... Pastor John comes to me, he says, Andre, I just had a dream last night. I don't know what it is. I saw a dragon came into my house and it just blew fire 
upon every person in my home. And, and so fire to him means Holy Spirit. That's the meaning of fire to him. And so fire to me means hell. And so he says, Andre, could you please interpret the dream? And I said to him, brother, you're in trouble. <laughs> and it's the truth. That's what I, that's my, because Holy Spirit to me is blue. It's it. So God speaks to him through that dream and he uses the colors and the things because of his interpretation. And now we have people that take that and they go to other people and they say, no, interpret it for me. And they're doing their best, but it comes out completely wrong. And so when I interpret people's dreams and visions, I use their interpretation. I say to them, what does this color mean to you? And then I use that to interpret it for them. I don't put my interpretation in it. So God gave them the dream. Because if God wanted to speak to me about the Holy Spirit, he would have used water or blue. Because that's my understanding of it. And so that's why the one who got the vision, who got the, prophet, who got the dream, they interpret it. You see a red car, uh, a person, you see Pastor John driving a red sports car. Okay, so, so you, you don't go to him and say, hey, I saw you, I mean, you're driving a red sports car. No, you give him the interpretation, and your interpretation is the following. You go to me and say, Pastor John, I just see that God is upgrading your ministry. It's starting to move at a speed, a faster speed, and everything on the road that's there. Nothing about the car, nothing, because to me, I mean, red is, is fast, is moving, and then a sports car is a ministry, and, and my interpretation. And so I give him the interpretation for what God is doing. You know? Tell him about that. And so that is the interpretation, the middle part. But we want to get to the application part. That's what we want to get to until it's released. And so we, again, we get stuck in the interpretation. We just people, we tell people what we see. And I try to move away from that as much as possible. Now, when you see dreams and visions, let me start with this. From Genesis to Revelation, not one dream is from Satan. Not one. God spoke through dreams. And so it is a place where God's speaking to us. But the world is trying to fill all of these flows with alternative things that, we, that, they, they, that it's not pure. And so movies and things, and they fill it with that. And suddenly, when you're supposed to have godly dreams at night, you have nightmares. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. And so you need to understand that if I say every dream is from God, I'm not saying that when you watch a horror movie and you go to bed, that that's from God. No. You fill that place. You fill that void. And you put something else inside there. Now, thank God that he's not just limited to that flow. God will use everything. He can use things, different flows to try to communicate to you. Now, here's the amazing part. You have these rivers. Rivers. These rivers are the voice of God. Dreams, visions, the word, sermons, music, nature. All of these rivers, all of them, all of them. When they are developed, all of them, become the audible voice of God when they developed that's why I'm saying to you it's so important to find your flow to find the way that God speaks to you because when you position yourself in that river in that flow 
it becomes clearer and louder and it becomes the audible voice of God. And so my flow is pictures. So visions, let's use visions as an easier word. I see visions, open visions. So what's dreams? Dreams is when I go to bed at night and then visions are, are I can have open, open visions. So I can see a vision when I'm awake. So I see visions, that's how I prophesy. Now, this is how I prophesy. When I look at a person, I see a vision, I see a picture. And what I do is I interpret the picture. That's how I prophesy. So when I looked at her now, I didn't get any of what I said. When I looked at her, I saw her life and I saw a breach in another person. And so I extracted from that. I really, I sense that she's, she's a breach builder. And so I, I extracted now in that, I, in that picture. I can prophesy half an hour with that picture. <laughs> because it contains so much information. One picture. If I start to look at the colors, where the bridge is, what the weather is like. It goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. One picture, the same picture. And so if you hear God's voice to dreams and visions, you have to learn to look deeper. And so the dream, remember the dream, the picture, but look beyond it. Look beyond it. And we'll do an activation session, uh, just a little exercise in the next session. But I'll show you how to look deeper in that. And so don't just look at what you see immediately there. Go beyond that, beyond that. And that's, you can start to extract so much more. A lot of people, like for instance, we spoke about visions uh, or a dream about Pastor John with a new sports car, a red sports car. And so they just see that. But then when we go back to that place, <laughs> where is it? Where, where is it? Where's the car driving? Is it on a dirt road, on a tarmac? And what's the weather like? Is it night? Is it day? What is it? So I had this dream about a pastor in, in Paris, in France, that, that God, the church location where he is, that that location is not, is, um, God has a new location for him. The building is not his building. There's another place. I had a dream about that location. And so I ministered to him about that. So I arrived in Paris, and I ministered to him. I said, listen, um, he, he said to me, listen, is there anything you experience or see about the building? I said, yes, I had a dream. I saw that, that where you are right now. And we, I'm on my way to his church. We haven't been there. I said, I sense that the place where you're meeting right now is not the place that God has for you. And so he says, okay, but uh, I'm going to show you a couple of places, um, three properties that we're thinking of buying. And then I want you to tell me what you sense. Now, here is the amazing thing. When you have a dream or a vision, you can always access it again. So, I went back into the dream. I saw the building. It was an old Catholic type of building. I saw the building. And then in the dream, in the building, I started to walk around in the building. In the dream. In the dream. So the chairs, they were fixed to the floor. So they were not movable and walked into the building. And then I saw the door of the building. And then I walked to the door in the dream and I opened the door. When I opened it, I saw the street name. The, the pole with the street name on it. And this is French. I don't speak French. I saw the name. And then I wrote it down. And so he drove with me to the properties. And then I looked at all of them at none of the buildings. I mean, I didn't pick up anything on the building. But then when we got to the third building... I saw the street name, the, the name. And the, the, here's the building, here's the street name. I said, this is the building. 
And so initially, I just saw building. I just saw that this is not the place. It's another place. That's what I saw. But we can extract so much from that, from that dream, from that vision, from that picture, more than that. I can, I've, de I've developed it now. I can prophesy. If you give me a picture, I can prophesy over that picture because of the picture. There's so much information. Just a photo of a person, just that. And I look at it, it comes to life. I can see more and more. And it's just by looking deeper. The operation, number one. Number two, interpretation. And then lastly, the application. So I'm going to end with the application. I'm going to ask you three questions. And we're ending with this. Ending with the application. Three questions. Number one, what is God saying? It's a question. What is he saying to you? What is God saying? So this is how he's speaking to me, but what is the invitation? What is God saying? Well, it's, this is what he's saying. Number one, what is he saying? Number two is, when are you going to respond? When are you going to respond? As I want to ask you that question. What is God saying? Number two, when are you going to respond? I want you to set a date, a time, or a place. Decide. When God speaks to you, decide there. When, when are you going to respond? Set a date. Well, okay, next Friday I'll, I'll share it. Uh, tomorrow I'll phone them. Tonight I'll phone them. And so this is what he's saying, and this is when I'm going to respond. Make that decision. Give that indication. When you make a decision, it's like a vehicle that's driving, that's putting its indicator on. When you put the indicator, God moves when we move. God moves when we move. And so when you, when you make this decision to say, well, okay, this is what God's saying, and I'm going to do it tomorrow. When you make the decision, you're indicating to the Spirit. And as you indicate, it, re it brings a release. Not even the walk on water. Just the indication that I'm going to walk on water. It, it releases <laughs> the supernatural. Number two is when I'm going to respond. And then the last question is, how are you going to respond? What is God saying? When are you going to respond? And how are you going to respond? What are you going to do? So God's revealing this to you. He's saying this to you. How are you going to respond? I have a man in Dallas, Texas, that um, came to me, a businessman. And uh, so he walked up to me. He says, listen, God just spoke to me. And uh, God says that I should buy you a plane. I said, well, that's exciting. Let's do it now. <laughs> and so... He says, the problem is that I've never been as poor as I am right now. I've got 15 companies. They're all failing. I'm in trouble. He says, but. So he takes out $1 out of his pocket. $1. Starts to weep. He says, will you accept this as a start? Will you accept this? Crying. He says, will you accept this $1? I can't buy the plane right now, but this is what I can do. And so... He heard God speak. He decided in the meeting that he's going to respond that night. And he decided that this is how I'm going to respond. This is what I have now. All of us want to be kingdom financiers. We want to give millions. But we have to start somewhere. As a lot of people say, when I have a million, then I'll give it. But they haven't learned to just give the dollar. So, and so he responds. He says... This is a response. I'm, I'm that. And so, God, and so from that $1, God has started to restore his businesses. Restore it. Speaking up things.
I said dinner with him now in Dallas before I came. I said, yeah, don't worry about the plane. Um, so I, I, I phoned him to have dinner. I said, let's have dinner. He says, he says I can't bring the plane, the plane yet. I said, don't worry about the plane. Just come. We're going to have dinner. And so his businesses are being restored. That $1, $1 accelerated his businesses. And so what are you going to do? What can you do? So yes, you, you can do that in that capacity. Same thing with the word. You can, I mean, prophesy an hour. or. But what are you going to do? I'm going to give a word of encouragement. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that. This is, and so I want you, I'm asking you the question, how are you going to respond? You've heard what God said, whether it's about the church, whether it's about your life, how are you going to respond? Make that decision. Well, this is the way I'm going to do it. Amen? So my wife just arrived. Come here, sir. Come forward and discount. Come forward and We're going to end for the second session. Quickly introduce you to my wife. My two boys. So my five-year-old Zandre and then Josh, our youngest. Um, and then we're going to give over to the pastor. And then we have the second session, activation. No one is going nowhere. Right? Okay. She... She starts very slowly, but then it takes, she takes off and it takes some time. Okay. Hello. Hi. It's so nice to be here. Feels like family. <laughs> Andre only said good things. He really, really enjoyed his time here last night and the previous time as well. Um, and uh, he always says, I can say something quickly, like something like short. <laughs> and uh, I won't let that opportunity pass. So let me say something. Um, when uh, I was praying this morning, uh, God just reminded me of this. He said that there's a secret place inside of you that was there before the foundation of the earth that you as a human being was created for. And that secret place inside of you is so sacred. And we kind of miss God, not because he's too far, but because he's too close. He's in you. you know? Is it what Andre said? <laughs> well, we are one, so. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to stop there. Otherwise, I'm going to go on and on. But um, just, I'm just going to leave this phrase with you. And it, um, it really touched me so much. I saw this image um, of uh, this women just lying on a couch reading a book, like a storybook, you know, where you really live yourself into that story. And then there was this little writing underneath, and it said that um, the Bible is the only book where the author is in love with the reader. Wow. <laughs> so it's a love story for you. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 